2: Welcome to the Witch Money podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host Rob Lilly in for Ariano this week and here's what's coming up.
3: So NUS surveyed three and a half thousand students in July and found that already one in three students has just £50 left at the end of each month to live on after paying rent and bills.
1: So the plans will see most university leavers pay far more over their lifetime than they do now. Because under the new system, a graduate with a salary of 30,000 pounds would pay off 450 pounds of their student loan every year. But under the current system, a graduate earning the same pays off 243 pounds.
4: There is lots of news about huge tuition fees, extortion interest rates, you know, it's all doom and gloom. But but remember, the the cost of uni versus what you actually might end up repaying are are two different things.
2: On today's episode, we'll be taking a look at the world of student finances. This month, whether it's A-levels or highs in Scotland, students up and down the United Kingdom are preparing for their next steps. But with the cost of living crisis raging, and with confusion surrounding many aspects of student funding, we're here to try and help make sense of it all, whether you're a student, a parent, guardian, or someone just looking to the future. And to help us do that, I'm joined by Witch Journalist, Grace Witherden, and I'm also delighted to say we're joined by Jake Butler. He's Operations Director at student money website, Save the Students. Hello, both. Hi, Rob. Hi. It's brilliant to have you both here. Thank you for joining. Jake, to begin with, we're a week on, just over a week on now from A-level results, GCSE results this week as well. Slightly longer ago, hires in Scotland. How busy have things been for you?
4: Yeah, where, where do I start, really? This is always a crazy time of year for us um, at Save a Student. Now, obviously, you know, students, you have the new students starting after they've got A-levels and the Scottish hires. They're getting excited about going to university. You know, you've got the students coming back to uni, the second, third, fourth, fifth years are getting excited about returning to to campus, you know, if they haven't already returned. So each year we see that the traffic kind of, you know, people don't believe me when I say we see the traffic kind of triple from the day before A-level results day to A-level results day onward. So we obviously make sure we're well prepared as we can be, but, you know, new things are always coming up. New students, in particular, have have loads of concerns, and their finances are right at the top of of those concerns. So, you know, I like to make sure we're all we're all hands hands on deck to help at this time of year. So busy, but you know, it's it's fun, it's exciting, it's it's good after the summer to to see students starting to get, you know, get back into uni life, and and new students get excited about the new academic year.
2: Now, it's impossible, obviously, to talk about anything to do with finance, student finance included. And not mention, of course, the cost of living crisis. How much is that coming into discussions that you're having at the moment? No surprise, of course, that students will be impacted just like the rest of us.
4: Yeah, I, I hate to you know kick this off by sounding pessimistic, but I've, I've been doing this for for over ten years now, and you know I have to be honest and say this is the most worried I've been about what lies ahead for students this year. You know, from what we're seeing, students are and, and probably will be among the most affected by the cost of living crisis, I know we all are. And with inflation currently at around 10%, um, but figures are showing from our recent student money survey that the students could see their their personal inflation as high as 14% for some. So I also think, you know, on top of that, there's a worry that we're kind of just at the start of it. There's, there's a sense that it could get worse. And for uni students, as they move towards December, you know, move towards winter, when they start to run out of their loans, when the cost of, of energy goes up, I think, we're kind of sleepwalking into a bit of a disaster. But having said that, um, I want to make it clear that there is help out there personally and as an organisation. We're, we're having weekly discussions about what we can do, you know, whether it's things like tweaking the advice that we have on site. So we've recently added a new guide on, on things like the new £400 energy bill discount. And even on an extreme scale, we're, we're looking at how we can campaign campaign to the government on students' behalf for more support for, for students. We kind of, you know, when I, when I look back, we adapted quickly and helped thousands of students during the pandemic. And, you know, I hope us and other organisations as well can, can do the same again this year.
2: Now, Jake, you obviously mentioned their campaigning. That's part of the work that you do. One of the organisations that are doing the same is the National Union of Students. Now, I've been speaking to Orla Tarn. They're the president of the NUS in Wales. And I asked for their thoughts on the current rising costs associated with higher education.
3: So NUS surveyed three and a half thousand students in July and found that already one in three students has just 50 pounds left at the end of each month to live on after paying rent and bills students also need to be able to feed themselves while they're at university and we've all seen prices going up in supermarkets for for basic essentials you know we've seen students having to pay for transport across the country for example if they're living slightly further away from campus this is again something that students are having to pay for Um, And we've really seen a huge number of students cutting back, you know, 97 percent in that survey of students saying they were cutting back in in some way or another. Huge amounts of people cutting back on on socialising, for example, 97 percent of students cutting back in some way. But socialising was one of the first things to go, which, you know, is is a significant part of the, the student experience, really. But also students cutting back on food, essentials for studying like books and equipment. Um, so really, students are struggling to afford the basics. It's not just the the extras that students aren't being able to afford at the moment. It's really the basic things that they need to be able to survive at university.
2: Now, thank you to Orla for joining us there. And coming up later on, we'll be hearing what happened when I spoke to my old university about what they're doing to help support current and future students. Grace, I think I'm right in thinking that me and you went to university at roughly the same time. Like, do you remember thinking about finances and what it would cost to go to university and how much you'd be spending when you got there? Because honestly, from my perspective, I'm not sure a lot of it came into my thinking at the time.
1: (laughs) I thought I was saving money by going just because the year I went, which is 2011, the following year, the fees were going up. Um, So there was this really mad rush everyone in my year to go to university that year even if it wasn't necessarily the right thing for you like I've got friends that um, ended up dropping out just because it maybe going to uni wasn't the right thing for them but they felt that they had to because if we waited a year and took a gap year then we'd be stung with the 9k fees that were coming in the following September so just by being there I sort of felt like I'd saved a bit of money even though obviously it's a bit irrelevant because i obviously I'm paying my debt now but as as we'll come on to later there are payments work many different ways and I think that some students might be thinking the same now if they've if if they've seen much in the media about how the funding formula is going to change again next year I've already seen stories saying that students are going to be paying 10,000 pounds thousands and thousands more a year and we'll go into that later but I think the important thing to think about is what's right for you. I don't think because it's changing next year that you should rush to go to uni this year if you do want a gap year and if you do want time to think about whether university is for you.
2: Yeah, it's really good advice, Grace. I think what you've said there about not feeling that you have to go to university just because maybe the funding formula is changing. Because anecdotally, I remember, you know, there was several sort of classmates when I was there because they felt, as you mentioned there, they'd been rushed into going because it was going to be less expensive to go that year. And actually, it turned out the university wasn't right for them. So no, that is really good advice. But what about when you actually got there and the money that you were spending, you know, just kind of your weekly budgeting and that sort of thing? Is that something that came into your thinking as well?
1: Yeah, I remember being worried about it just because like, as I'm sure many students at the minute I was obviously living at home I didn't pay any bills um my food shopping you know that was all taken care of by my parents and I had a part-time job um but obviously I was leaving that to go to university because it was away from my home and I think for the first term like I was conscious but I didn't really know how much besides my rent which was set for a term because it was halls. I didn't really know how much I was going to spend. I kind of spent a few weeks just seeing how I went. And actually, by the start of um, the second term, I was like, OK, actually, I need a part time job. Um, but it it was good to take a For me, it was good to take a term to see how I went rather than like throw myself into a part time job straight away, because. I think like when you've just gone to uni, you don't want to like be missing out on stuff. And I think I was more worried about trying to make friends and and settle into my course before I was having to worry about like part time waitressing or anything. Um, but yeah, during the second term, I did get a job and that helped things a bit. But I think especially for like the first few weeks, I tried not to worry about it. And I just sort of went with the flow a little bit to to make the mo- most of it.
2: Yeah, well, we heard all from, from the NUS say earlier on their survey finding that some students have only got kind of £50 pounds or so left at the end of bills and everything else that they're spending money on. So what you mentioned there about potentially doing some part time work at university, I'm sure many other people may find themselves in a in a similar situation. But Jake, it can often be quite a confusing picture, can't it? Because if we move on now, you've got your various loans, you've got grants, you've got other financial support, they've all got different names, some have got different interest rates. Is there a way that you can kind of simplify that for us? What's on offer, and simply, do they need simplifying
4: yeah well i'll 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 definitely give it a go i think I think the fact that we're having to simplify it for the listeners clearly spells that there's definitely a need for the system to be simplified you know some of our most popular guides on the site are those about student finance and everything that comes along with it and like if, if I'm being honest sometimes they can take months of research to put together um you know I won't name names but some of the funding bodies are for some reason a bit secretive over the information so you know you, know, you can only find out how much you can get when you apply and what you're kind of able to get in terms of funding but yeah, I suppose, as, as as you've asked, I'll try my best to kind of simplify it as it currently is. So a lot of it does depend on which country you're from, you know, within the UK. But for the most part, there's, there's only a few ways, despite all the names, you can really borrow money. So, you know, the first to consider is that while you usually apply for one loan, it's split into two parts. So this is split between your tuition fee loan, which is used to cover, well, obviously, you know, your tuition fees. Um, this goes straight to the uni. And then you have on the side of that your maintenance loan so this is the money um, that's used for your day-to-day costs which is usually split into three chunks at the start of each term so that's that's the case for english students you get one loan half of it goes to tuition half of it goes to maintenance but if you're from scotland and study in scotland the tuition fees are free so you don't have a loan for them however you will borrow money for living costs the same as you would in england but it's split between part loan and part bursary. So, you know, this is the same for Wales and Northern Ireland. You have part loan and part bursary to cover your living costs. So, you know, that's where it gets complicated because there's a lot of mix between loan and bursary, but it's best to look at it between your tuitions and your um, living cost loan. Outside of these loans, you get grants, you know, these are provided from government government bodies, um, but you can also get other, other forms of funding through bursaries and scholarships you know, there's even one bursary out there for vegetarians. And I think, I don't know if it's still around, but there was even one, if your surname was Graham, you could get some free money towards <laughs> towards university. Um So it can take a bit of research and hunting down, but there is so much money that goes unclaimed each year that I would always suggest the students at least have a look. You know, it can be as simple as just Googling for grants. There's, there's a few websites, um, I can't remember off the top of my head, there's a few websites which list a lot of the grants available for certain criteria, and then in terms of how paying it back works, you know, anything you borrow as a loan will have interest applied, and you will likely have to pay it back depending on the, re- the, re- the repayment criteria for that particular loan. You know, that can differ between between each uh, nation and and how you borrowed the money. But anything you get as a grant, bursary, or scholarship doesn't have to be paid back at all. So, obviously, no interest, no repayments. That money is yours to keep
2: the big advice, check what you're eligible for, I think is is the one thing that I'm taking away from, from what you said there. You mentioned the student loan. Now, if we focus on that here, it's safe to say that it isn't a loan in inverted commas in the traditional sense, is it?
4: Yeah, I think in a nutshell, students should see their loan more as a graduate tax. I know it's said by a lot of people, and it is kind of accepted these days that it is more of a tax. I think especially for those that are on the the Plan 2 loan system that began um, in 2012 onward. So because of the way it's structured, you actually only repay 9% of anything you earn above a certain threshold once you've graduated. If at any time you stop working or your earnings drop below that threshold, the repayments just stop entirely until you earn above that amount again. On top of that, any debt you have remaining after 30 years is completely wiped clean. So you you can show me a, a commercial loan in the market that would match those kind of repayments. You know, you'd always have to make your repayments. You'd have to repay it until you finished it. So it's not a typical loan. So I think the truth is for the majority of students, they'll never actually fully repay this debt before that 30-year cutoff. So it makes things like the interest and, and things like that a bit redundant. I always say, you know, your interest on your student loan could be a million percent, but you'd still only ever repay nine percent of anything that you earn above that threshold. So, you know, that's why the tax example and seeing it as a kind of graduate tax is the best way to frame it in your head.
2: Grace, your turn now. Jake's done a good job of simplifying the what seemed to be unsimplifiable. And now it's up to you to try and explain how the different funding for students <laughs> works. So
1: okay, I'll, I'll give it my very best shot.
2: Yeah, good luck. I know me and you are on plan one. How does that differ from students going to university this September?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with what Jake said there, because that is actually how I think about my student loan. I think of it as like a tax that I'm going to pay. Um, though the difference is that um, mine's actually going to be wiped after 25 years for Plan 1, and that's another one of the changes which I'll go which I'll go through now. I, I'll do my best trying to simplify this not sure it'll be as good as Jake's um, but we have plenty of detailed guides on witch.co.uk about this if you want to find out more and we've also got separate guides on if you're a student in England, Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland um, to really break it down so definitely worth checking those out if you want to find out more. So you mentioned Plan One. So that's the plan that we're on, and basically any English and Welsh student who started the course before twenty twelve are on Plan One. Northern Irish students are also on this course if they started their university after September nineteen ninety eight. So like Jake said, Plan One graduates pay back nine percent of everything they earn, but our threshold is a lot lower than Plan Two. Um, Ours is everything we earn over twenty thousand one hundred ninety five pounds. So already we we're, we're paying more back each month because we we have we can earn less if that if that makes sense um and yeah the debt the debt is the debt is wiped after 25 years now plan 2 is what english and welsh students went on if they started their course after um you know from the september 2012 and they also pay back 9% of everything they earn their threshold is 27,295 pounds and the debt is wiped after 30 years so there's already some some changes there um, and it's worth mentioning Scottish students are um, on plan four and they also repay back 9% of everything they earn. But this is over 25000 and it's written off after 30 years. Um, now, where this gets, I think, a bit complicated is the interest you pay on these loans. That being said, worth just reiterating what Jake said is that you, you're still going to pay back 9%. So, you know, the, yeah, the interest could be insanely high, and it wouldn't actually affect your monthly payments. But it's worth explaining it. So you know, the interest you're, you're technically, you know, that you technically have plan one, it's pretty simple. And for plan four, actually, it's always the same, it's RPI or the Bank of England base rate plus 1%, whichever is lower. Plan two, it it changes, it's one figure while you're studying, and then it's another figure after. So while you're studying, it's March's RPI figure, plus 3%. And once you graduated, once you graduate, sorry, things are more complicated as the amount you charge depends on how much you earn. So if you earn under the threshold, which is £27,295, your interest will usually match the RPI from the previous March. But if you earn over £49,130 a year, the interest will be RPI plus up to 3%. And anywhere in the middle of that, it's sort of a sliding scale of going up to 3%. That is very complicated, I know.
2: Grace, once again, like Jake did before you, there's a lot of figures in there. So thank you for doing your best to summarise them. You mentioned our guides over on witch.co.uk, so they're a great place to go. Although part of me is wondering what happened to plan three. You mentioned plan one, plan two and plan four. And I'm sure people listening are now thinking, but what about plan three, Grace? What's plan three?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry for missing out. So plan plan three is postgrad loans, and for that the interest works differently as well. So um, if you've done uni and you want to go back for more, and you, you know you do want a postgrad loan for whatever reason, um, we've also got we have got information on how the, the interest works for that loan um, on our website as well. So please check that out.
2: Perhaps unsurprising to hear that that works differently to all the other plans as well. Uh, Grace, I'm still just about with you. You mentioned earlier on, though, that this is going to change again next year.
1: Yeah, it's going to change again next year, as Jake mentioned. Like most students weren't paying back these loans, so the government have made some tweaks. Um, They're going to lower the repayment threshold. You'll start paying it off at twenty five grand, as we said earlier. At the minute, it's it's twenty seven two hundred ninety five, and it's gonna get wiped off to 40 years instead of 30. Now that's an extra 10 years of paying. The interest rate, however, will be simplified. It will just be RPI rather than RPI plus up to 3%. So the plans will see most university leavers pay far more over their lifetime than they do now because under the new system a graduate of a salary of £30,000 would pay off £450 of their student loan every year but under the current system a graduate earning the same pays off £243 so you're paying off more each month and you're going to pay it for an extra 10 years.
2: Yeah frustrating for anyone like you say going to university next year but definitely something that's that's worth being made aware of so thank you for doing that. Well, earlier in the week, I actually headed back to my old university, or virtually I did at least. Now, many years ago, I was a student at Nottingham Trent University in the East Midlands. So where better then to find out more about the support universities offering students right now? Here's what happened when I called Jackie Hamilton from their financial support team. Hi there, is that Jackie?
0: It is. Hi, Rob.
2: We're now a few weeks away from from kind of new students coming through the doors. They might be coming from various parts of the UK to, to university. How much communication do you have at the moment with like any new students before they get to university about their finances before they arrive?
0: yeah so we have a wide range of communication for our students before they um, come to university if they're interested in nottingham trent so it's a real mix so we work really closely with um, our marketing team who send out lots of great emails with advice and tips and information about our services we also work with our current students as well through the social media team and what they do is they um do some TikToks or they will do a YouTube video talking about their lived experience of finances and also offer some tips and advice that they've found out being a student and are able to share that with any prospective students, whether they are looking to go to NTU or looking to go to another institution.
2: That's really interesting. So it's kind of current students sharing their own experiences for future students. Is, Is that kind of how it is?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you know, using the student voice and using current students, they are the ones living through it at the moment and they have that first-hand experience of how it really is. Um, So we definitely try and use them as much as we possibly can for them to share, you know, their thoughts and their views. And they might have some great advice that we haven't even thought of just yet. So uh, we are always so thankful for our current students who are offering their time, you know, to be on social media and to really help our prospective students as well.
2: So that kind of comes before they get there. And then, you know, we get to September, normally kind of middle or end of September, I think it usually is. And, you know, you've got Freshers Week, etc. You arrive there with your many, many suitcases and emotional goodbye from whoever's dropped you off normally as well. So how does the support, especially when it comes to kind of financial stuff, how does the support change from that point once they're on campus?
0: Yeah, so once once they're on our campus and, you know, enrolled, so the support is always still there uh, with finances, but it just shifts ever so slightly depending on what year they're in. So I run and host a load of financial workshops throughout the academic year, and these are specifically tailored to the year of study. So, for example, if we have a group of first-year students, this will be more about that budgeting, getting used to managing that money, kind of looking into different ways they can budget and different ways they can you know save and how you know they might begin to get them talking about money effectively in a in more of a way with their peers so it's less stigmatized and then if we have final students we'll then start to focus on finances after university so then we talk about all the interesting things such as council tax, uh, how payslips work and those different types of areas, just so they feel prepared when they leave us.
2: It's great that that support is there. And, and arguably, it's clear that there's never been a time when that support has been more needed. You know, we met, we've we mentioned it already, the cost of living crisis, which is currently happening. That is impacting students as well as it is impacting everybody else you know we know finances can often be very tight for people going to university are there any kind of specifics that you're doing when it comes to the the cost of living crisis and any support available?
0: Yeah so um, from September uh, not NTU we've agreed to do a price freeze um, across the university to try and lessen the financial impact so That will hold prices for on-campus catering, so that's our cafes and our delis, baristas, our NTU sport memberships, so that's the use of the gym or sports facilities, pitches and classes will be frozen as well. Uh, The yearly study resources, so that's including our print shop prices and textbooks. And also what I'm doing, I'm working really closely with academic schools to integrate some financial workshops within the degree. And so I'll be working with a lot more students next academic year. So it's not only is it tailored to the year of study, but also tailored to that degree course as well. So everything is as relevant as possible.
2: Thank you, Jackie, for breaking that down for us, for telling us what is currently happening at, at the university that you're at. Of course, my old university, Nottingham Trent. And uh, good luck for the, for the new academic year as well. And uh, yeah, good luck to all students heading there as well. Thanks, Rob thank you to Jackie from my old uni there for joining me. Jake, how important is it that we kind of improve the financial literacy out there among younger people?
4: In- incredibly important. Um, it-, it sounds like a strange thing for me to say as it would put me out of-, out of a job essentially, but I always think that the dream would be for one day that say, Save the Student and other similar websites don't have to exist, you know, at least in in their current form. Um, thing- things have improved since I was at uni and then since Save the Student was started, but still close to three quarters of students i think um so they wish they had better financial education at school so there's definitely a thirst for that information students want to know more about money like even looking at my own my own situation if i if i cast my mind back i I remember asking my parents you know when do we learn about credit cards or, or mortgages at school and very quickly being told you know it doesn't happen you have to kind of learn yourself or or you have to have someone like your parents teach you how these things work so Myself, like many other students, I know Grace said she had a similar situation when she started university, kind of learned the hard way um you know i I went and spent a ludicrous amount on on food and and going out when I first started uni thinking you know the loan had hit my bank account, you know this money's going to last forever, and you know very quickly before I knew it, I was into my unarranged overdraft you know i was I really struggled to pay it back for a long time after that because the fees came with it, you know, I was kind of chasing the debt so I, I think myself, even with a small bit of financial literacy, it could have saved me from, you know, I can't remember exactly how much, but it's probably hundreds I paid in, in in interest fees. So I was lucky that I came out the other end, but I worry for some students that it could could lead to them dropping out of uni, you know, um, or really struggling with their studies. So, you know, just to go back to my first point, it is so important that students have financial literacy. And I think it's really lacking. It's something that you know, the school system should be looking at doing from an early age, in my opinion.
2: Grace, can we talk student bank accounts? If you're heading to uni in September, or if you've got children who are, how beneficial might they be?
1: Yeah, so this is something I've been looking into this week. Um Obviously, students got their A-levels last week, and it's really the time now that we're hearing a lot about this. And a lot of these student accounts come with freebies to sort of tempt you in um, but if you're going to pick an account the main thing to think about is is the free arranged overdraft um, because if you can have one they're really good because you won't get charged interest while you're at uni and usually up to um you know maybe one or two years after you won't get those charges So some of the more generous limits we've seen offered by Nationwide Building Society and HSBC, Um, the limit starts off at £1,000 in your first year, but increases in years two and three. That being said, it's important to remember that overdrafts are not free money. You know, you'll have to pay this back, ideally before the interest kicks in. And typically, current account providers start charging interest on student overdrafts two years after you graduate, but make sure you know when this interest is going to kick in. I think that they're great to dip into whilst your student, especially if, if there's a few weeks between your next loan. But never forget that you're going to have to pay this back. And the worst thing would be go right into it and then be chasing the debt, as Jake mentioned earlier. So I think it's good to look at an overdraft, an overdraft limit. And then you can obviously have a look at some of the freebies that banks are offering. Some are worth it. Some, in my opinion, not, not really that fussed about them. Um, so, you know, for example, some accounts are giving a free rail card or a free taste card, but you can you can buy these separately if, if you really want them. A rail card at the minute, I've seen a deal on Trainline. Um, if you get one before the 31st of August, it's only £20 at the minute instead of £30. Um, so I'm going to renew mine after this. There are other ways you can get these freebies. Um, our pick of the bunch this year is Nationwide, um, just because it also got the highest score in our product analysis. So we've got a guide, we've gone through all these accounts and we've scored them and we score them based on the customer service and we have a survey that runs yearly so definitely worth checking out the full list if you're interested because we've we've got a table we've given them all product scores and we've said what they're coming with Um, and like with likewise of all these freebies the account's are going to have terms and conditions. So, you know, some of them are often offering, offering 100 pounds cash back that was with nationwide, which I mentioned earlier. Um, but with this nationwide account, you need to pay at least 500 pounds by the 16th of December to be eligible for the overdraft and the offer. So please double check the terms and conditions and check our website to see how they all ranked. Um, I will quickly mention that if you're not fussed about the overdraft, if you know you don't want a student overdraft for whatever reason, maybe look at challenger banks such as like Monzo, Chase, Starling, because these these bank accounts are really good for budgeting, I think. They give instant spend notifications that you can use pots to put your money in. And even though you're not going to get the free overdraft, I think they're a really good way to budget. So you don't have to you don't have to get a student bank account if you think the overdraft is not for you.
2: Yes, yeah, so some really good potential kind of add-ons with the, the student bank accounts available there, Grace. I know you mentioned the rail card, something that can save you plenty of money in the in the long run. If you find yourself doing several train journeys in, in a year, that could be a really good one for you. Maybe you're getting the train to university, of course. And Jake, student offers, they shouldn't be taken lightly, should they? Especially during a cost of living crisis, because some student offers can save you some money. So what are some of the best ones out there at the moment?
4: Yeah, so there are a lot, as you say, there's a lot of offers out there that are there to kind of draw you in and maybe might not seem as, as good as they appear on, on the tin, but there are good offers out there. There's a lot of good offers. You should always take advantage of being a student, I think. Um, I think as Grace mentioned, the bank account incentives, especially the cash ones are great, you know, that that you won't get much much of a better kind of student incentive than those. But aside from that, there's loads more offers out there for students. Um, as I say, almost too many to mention, but I've got a few personal favourites or ones that we see every year that are quite popular. So the first first one is you can get Amazon Prime for free for six months. You know, this means free next day delivery. They've just added, or in the last year, they've added Delivery Plus for free. So, you know, that's free, free um, takeaway deliveries when you want to treat yourself. You get Prime Video, obviously, and, and a lot more with that as well. So... That's a really good one, in my opinion. Um, Spotify Premium, you get it for free for one month, and then it's just £5.99 a month after that. I know Apple Music have a student discount as well, so whichever you prefer. You know, If you're into your fitness, you can get 30% off Pure Gym. Loads of other gyms offer, offer stuff as well. I know Natfield Health do. Um, supermarket discounts are more hard to come by, but you can get 10% off at Co-op with a totem card. So sometimes co-op can tend to be a little more expensive than the other the other supermarkets but if you've got one near you um where you're staying on campus then you know it's not you'll usually save that money in a year if you you get a totem card you know that that's a quick rundown of my top offers bit of a shameless plug here but we do list most of them on save a student you know we've got deals as well for for students that aren't just for students you know things that you might want to take advantage of because there's loads of good stuff out there in freebies always do your research you know ask if someone's got a discount Check if someone has got a discount, check prices, you know, and it only has to be 10 minutes, but take advantage of being a student, but, but be careful with it as well.
2: Some great advice and great tips there, Jake. And, and let's finish with, with some more of those, shall we? Grace, I don't know if you want to kick off and then Jake, if you've got any more tips that you've got for anyone listening, you know, they can be both for future current students or or maybe for for those with children who are in that position as well
1: have fun it's such a great time going I really look back at my uni days and like I absolutely loved it I loved meeting new people I loved learning Um, and it was great and you don't want to you don't want to sort of be worrying the whole time you don't want to look back and think oh I worried about money obviously I know that students this year have it so much harder because when I was at university there wasn't a cost of living crisis they are going to have to keep their eye on that and they may have to be slightly more on the ball than I was. The other thing I would suggest is that I know we've like spoken about university a lot, this episode, but don't, you know, if you have a feeling that it's not for you, or um, you kind of want a bit longer to think about what you want to do, that's absolutely fine. And university is not for everyone. There's so many other options including like taking a year out and you know you can get a part time job or an entry level job there's apprenticeships now i feel like there's a lot of options now so don't be afraid to take some time out to have a think about is this really for you don't don't feel like you need to go with the flow just because everyone you know is off to university
4: i agree with grace i think remember to enjoy uni if you choose to go as much as you can i know sometimes that might seem difficult but you know there there is there is lots out there for you in terms of help so there is lots of news about huge tuition fees, extortion interest rates, you know, it's all doom and gloom, but you know, the cost of the cost of living crisis of the world. But remember the, the cost of uni versus what you actually might end up repaying are, are two different things. So try and focus on your day-to-day spending and and getting through in that sense rather than worrying about the other the other things such as the debt. As for general money management, it's not the most exciting thing at all. I, I feel so boring kind of telling people that it's so important. But you know the foundations of financial stability always start with a budget you don't know where you need to save money or make money if you don't have a budget and there's lots of advice I can offer in terms of saving money and making money but it's going to be specific to people's situations and a budget works for absolutely everyone you know whether you've got whether you're lucky to have a lot of savings whether you go to uni with not much a budget is key so that that would be my my, my main thing for kind of students and also their parents to instill that in, in their in their children You know a bit of financial literacy in terms of budgeting. And then also speak to your uni. You know, I think I mentioned it earlier, but there's so many excellent people that work at universities that are there to help you with, with your finances if you are in trouble, you know. And this could be just the start of you being in financial trouble, right down to, you know, unfortunately, if you're really struggling. So your tuition fees go towards these services, not just lectures. So, you know, the same with the Careers Centre. You use these services, you know, they're there to help you. You should be able to book in, speak to someone. And then finally, I would just say, for a bit of optimism, you know, hold tight. I think, you know, there are advice sites out out there like which, you know, like Save a Student. Um, there are others as well. You know, they're they're kind of updating stuff almost daily now to help students. And I'm also optimistic that the government will step in. You know, I I know I don't want to get into the politics, but we're waiting for the new prime minister. And I think once that goes in, help for students and. And looking at help for students and those in need should kind of improve as we get towards
2: winter as well so I'm hopeful for that huge thank you to jake and to grace for coming on today's show and thank you for listening as well to this week's episode of the which money podcast if you have any questions you'd like us to cover in this podcast or even dedicate an episode to in the future then please let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to this podcast for more money news and advice find us on social media at which money and online at which.co.uk forward slash money and there's also our free money newsletter which is delivered to your inbox every monday Sign up, visit witch.co.uk/slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced by me, Rob Lilly, with additional support from Ian Aitman and Grace Witherden.